Well, good evening, uh, everyone, and welcome back to Dr. Gomshi's uh, uh, lecture tonight, which is going to be on love and beauty. Uh, before he begins, I wanted to mention to those who are non-Iranians or even Iranians in the audience, this is a wonderful translation of the Garden of Mysteries of the Golshan Ross that he's talking about. It's for sale over there, only 11 pounds. It's by Robert Darr, and he has spoken here at Temenos. So he's a, you, you, anybody who knows about Temenos, the Temenos Academy Review knows of Robert Darr. This is a wonderful translation. I highly recommend it. This, for you who are Iranians, this is Dr. Gomshi's lectures on the Garden of Mysteries, on the Golshan Arroz in Persian. It's fantastic. Fantastic. Um, and he did a whole course in Persian on the Garden of Mysteries. It's for sale over there. Um, it's audio. The Persian is audio. This is not audio. This is to be read. The English is, is not audio. The English is just a book. But this is audio. You can definitely listen to this in Persian. Um, so tonight he's going to speak about love and beauty, which is um, one of the principal themes of the Garden of Mysteries. Um, and there's a whole mysticism of beauty and a mysticism of love in Islam, which he's spoken about before here at Temenos. Um, and particularly in the Garden of Mysteries, it's a, it's a central theme, especially in the last 400 verses of the poem. Anyway, I'll leave the rest to him, uh, and please give him a warm welcome. He will speak for about an hour, then we'll have 15 minutes, 20 minutes of questions. Please make your questions brief and to the point. Thank you. Good evening, everybody. Welcome back to the symposium of Shabesteri to participate in the wine which is served by Shabesteri tonight on love and beauty. <coughs> I want to tell you a story tonight, the story of how love and beauty came into being and what is the relation between love and beauty and what is the story of the whole creation and what is the story of universal uh, <coughs> the story of the universal creation and the story of man, the story of love, the story of marriage, all the stories are included in this single story. First of all, <coughs> let me tell you that there are two stories about the world. One story is very cold, absurd, and uh, without any charm or beauty. It's a very impertinent, I should say, story they say about the world, that once upon a time there was a matter, we don't know where it was, from where it came, and then somehow 
life was created in this on the earth spontaneously and then we came into being we human beings and then we will die and then everything would be scattered again is that a story anybody would like to hear about man and humanity this is a very absurd story it is uh, no good story what a story writer writes this the other story is the story of Persian Sufism I should say world literature I don't confine it to Sufism it is the world literature and it is good that all confirm each other it is very interesting that you see that the story which is given by Sheikh Mahmoud is also given in some different texts by Shakespeare or by Shelley or by John Keats and they didn't know I think I doubt if they had any acquaintance with Sheikh Mahmoud or with Persian literature of course uh, I know that Shelley and Keats were acquainted with Persian literature in general but in the basic ideas they share and this is a reconfirmation that it is true because it is this story comes out of the heart of man because everywhere in the world from Sappho the, the Greek uh, feminine poets Sappho who was considered by Plato to be the one of the muses Plato says it is not true that the muses are nine they are ten one of them is Sappho so Huffo, Sappho was a great poet and he also served wine the same wine as the wine of Sheikh Mahmoud the wine of Hafiz the wine of Rumi and Plutarch the great writer of the parallel lives he said that whenever I read Sappho I say to myself you no longer need to drink wine because you have already drunk your wine this is the wine reading the poetry of Sappho had been considered to be drinking wine so it is not only in Persian literature that they have certain metaphors and certain interpretations everywhere Bacchus the god of wine and joy and intoxication from the very beginning there was heavenly and there was earthly and uh, the earthly is also good but it can lead you to the heavenly so <clears throat> the story of creation according to the world literature which is in harmony with our heart in harmony with what we already know down deep in our hearts and some people who complain about the conflicts in this world they say well if this world has been designed how is it that there are so many uh, contradictions there are so many <coughs> atrocities so many harsh happenings um, how is it that the answer is that it is it is it's very clear that 
the Shakespeare, when Shakespeare knows that in every story there should be a conflict, otherwise it wouldn't be a story. Have you ever heard of the story of a king who had three sons and they all married three queens and then they were happy all the time? Is that, is that a story? There should be some devil, there should be some, so, some conflict between something, but suddenly then Akwanadiv, in the beginning of Shahnameh, in the very first story of Shahnameh, of Ferdowsi, you see that when Kiyomars um, was sitting on the throne of nature, then he says, Dushmani andar nahan, was hidden in darkness, somebody, some devil was waiting to attack them. So this is the suspense of the story, this is all the charm and the beauty of the story. So it is true that life is full of sufferings, full of deprivations, but it is full of pleasure as well, full of so many things, full of wonders, wonderful things have happened in this world. There is love, there is friendship, there is, is a single good person is sufficient to prove that it is that goodness is better than badness. The story of Mr. Badman you have read by John Bunyan. Uh, we uh, need not read the story, we know the story from our own heart. Now the story of beauty, Sheikh Mahmoud from the very beginning, the first line is the beginning of the story. That Benama Anki Jandra, it is in the name of the one who created the soul and he taught the soul how to think and he kindled our hearts so he is ta'alallah qadimi kube yekdam konad aghazo anjam du'alam how very lovely that in a single line he says hail to the creator it is the wonder behold the wonder that the eternal that the eternal created the beginning and end in one moment the beginning and end of the whole creation by one breast of bee the breast of bee kun in Arabic the, in the Quran it, it seems kun and then it is everything is and with this single word of Kon, he created the beginning and the end of the world and he uh, predestined everything with one, uh, with one breath. So this is the story of this creator who was mm, conscious of his own being, just like us. God is very similar to us because he has created us after his own image. So we, if we there is a tradition by Muhammad that if you want to know God, you have to know yourself. So he is a person. He has um, free will, and just like you, and he knows about himself, and he is conscious without any uh, acquiring anything. He knows when you know that you exist, you have not gone to school to know that. You, you, this is intuitive knowledge. You have a certain knowledge of your own being. So, <coughs> uh, 
he was also conscious of his perfection, of his beauty, of his infinite faculty, of his infinite intelligence, in infinite capabilities. So he fell in love with himself. And this is the first time when the lover and the beloved and love the tree, as Leonardo da Vinci has written in a piece, a very beautiful piece, that the love and the beloved and the lover are one. Even here now, when you love someone, you as a lover and she as a beloved, and the, the love which has filled your two hearts, it's the same thing. So God fell in love with himself. And since there is a rule in philosophy that out of one cannot come two or three, just one. Out of one, it only comes one. Al-Wahid, la yasturu anhu illa al-Wahid. La yasturu minhu illa al-Wahid. From one, only one is created. Ke az yik, ke az yik, fuzuni nayayat padid. This is by Ferdowsi. Ke az yik, fuzuni nayayat padid. And that is why he just first created the first intellect. The first emanation was intellect or reason. And that intellect had three looks to his creator and to himself. First he looked at his creator and he saw that she is beautiful. How, how much beauty, how much charm and beauty is in her. So the second intellect was created and the intellect is the crystallization of beauty. Reason is beauty. We understand beauty by our reason. But we love beauty with our heart. So the first look was that how beautiful, when you say how beautiful, another reason, another, uh, the world of reason was created. And then the second look was this, that he looked at his beloved and said, how desirable, how I love her, how desirable she is. Because sometimes you say it is beautiful, but I don't want it. But when you say it is beautiful and it is attractive and it excites you to search for him, for her or him, and so he looked at her as a beloved. Then out of this love was created or soul, the human soul was created. We have five the reason, the soul and dimension. The word of dimension. These three words words were the three looks. He first looked and so it's beautiful, then reason came out and looked at that is lovable and lovely than soul. If they ask you who are you, I am a thing who is in love. 
I'm a king who desires. I'm de uh, you are not but a desire, a long, long desire. All through your life, you have desires, you have expectations, you love this, you love that, and uh, no time you are without a desire. So desire is an integrated part of you, not only integrated part, it is the very you. You are the desire. So soul is the desire for love was created and the soul. And then the world of dimension came into being when the first emanation looked at his creator and uh, as a creator that he created me, I didn't exist, now I exist. So being and not being came into his mind. The, t the, the, the realm of being and not being, this is the realm of dimension. And the whole world of the physical world is created out of this look that it wasn't, then it is, and then it isn't again. So sorrow was created. Here is beauty, love, and sorrow. They are also related to each other. Beauty, love, and sorrow. Beauty is reason, love is the soul, and sorrow is this world, this mortal world. Everywhere you find the sorrow. What is the source of sorrow? It exists, it is now, another moment it doesn't exist so this is the source of sorrow so if you could come out of this world of dimension then there would be no sorrow here when you are in love and beauty love was a blind girl as Shakespeare has also uh, narrated the story uh, a, a blind girl he went to a physician, it was called Beauty. Beauty is a physician. We are going to explain how we need a great, great physician who is Beauty, um, who would be the cure-all, the panacea, as they call him. Uh, panacea means the, the healer of all ailments. So he went to beauty and he gave him sight. When you look at beauty, you get a sight. Beauty is intuition, is light, and it gives you sight. Sadi says, Man How can I close my eyes and not look at my beloved? Because the first time I got sight, it was because I looked at him. It seems paradoxical, but it is true that the very happening that I saw here was my sight. So how can I close my eyes from that beauty uh, which gave me sight? So, love and beauty were joined together and married. Love and beauty. Beauty is the woman and love is the man as representative in this world. So they are in love and when 
they achieve the true love, then there would be they would be one and actually united with each other and uh, uh, no duality, no I, no you, no me, no they, they are all uh, omitted. Now, <coughs> this beauty is what we have lost. <coughs> Catherine Rain complains about it. We have lost our beauty, our sights, and uh, in this time particularly, we more than anything else, we need to go back to beauty. Look at a beautiful thing every day. Listen to a good poem every day. Look at some picture, beautiful picture every day. Look at some beautiful combination, whether, of course, the best is in a woman, in a man, is a human being. But wherever you find this harmony, which is, uh, the, the, which is the essence, harmony is the essence of beauty and love. Because harmony is one in the many, appeared in the many. When you, you find something which is many, but you look at it and you don't say it is many, it is one. That is because of harmony. So when something is in harmony with something else, it gives with you, it gives you pleasure. What is pleasure? When, when you get a pleasure, when you achieve something which is in harmony with you, so if beauty creates joy for us, it simply means that we are in harmony with beauty. So looking at beauty and observing, I mean revering and respecting beauty at all times, this is what we need. Because all morality is disharmony. Or morality is ugliness. Ugliness means disharmony. You need not be recommended by prophets or by great moralists or by religionists uh, to abstain from a sin. Because a sin is not in harmony with your being. You shouldn't do that. You know that it is not in harmony with me. You don't do it not because you are going to hell or somebody is going to punish you or it is a sin. You just do it because you abstain because it is below your dignity. The human dignity, human nobility is not in harmony with what people are doing now. If they just look at some beautiful thing, if they think about beauty, if all around them they would put beauty, then they would be ashamed. Every time you see some beautiful thing, say, oh, I should be like this, you see? I shouldn't do anything wrong. You have heard that uh, a famous uh, film, she was uh, 
a small child when I saw her and uh, it was it was said that once uh, what is the name of um, uh, the small child which was so beautiful that uh, uh, every time people saw her they changed their mind it is they they had an interview with a robber <coughs> who had arranged with his friends to go to a bank and rob it and he didn't go and later when those people were arrested this man was brought to interview and they asked him how was it that you didn't come on time you, you had an arrangement with, with your friends how is it that you didn't come he said I was coming but suddenly I uh, saw in the TV that this little girl who was so beautiful I will give you the name of course uh, I, I, I thought that I shouldn't do anything wrong mm -hmm. when you are in the company of good music then you are ashamed of doing anything wrong when you read a good poetry you are ashamed of doing wrong how can you dare to say a lie to be hypocrite to be stingy while stinginess is not in harmony generosity is in harmony with human soul love is in harmony with human soul when you are going to do something wrong your face loses its beauty when you want going when you are going to help people your face is more beautiful than the time you say i won't do this you see your gestures would be ugly if beautiful thoughts come into your mind you have seen the film beautiful mind the beautiful mind is well organized in full harmony and uh, so when you have beautiful ideas in your heart gradually the features of your face what whether maybe somebody is plain somebody more is more beautiful but whatever she is or he is he would be more beautiful and charming good naturedness gives a charm to your face which is more attractive than beauty even uh, if beauty has certain standards and maybe somebody would lack it but if you are good if you are loving if you are thinking of good ideas if you are generous if you are charitable thoughts in coming to your mind then you are more beautiful in the course of time beauty uh, is behind the goodness goodness is more important than beauty because beauty loses its um, its attraction after a time but goodness is forever so it is uh, recommended by all I think great philosophers and psychologists and moralists and religionists that uh, the, the cure of humanity and the healing of all diseases all ailments is going back to beauty let's uh, just have a movement for beauty and uh, walk in the street and say we are uh, supporting beauty we are 
the followers of beauty come to the circle of beauty and we don't want to do anything which is um, not in harmony with beauty not in harmony with human nature a good person I think it is Alexander, Sir Walter Scott who says that uh, a good person is the masterpiece masterwork of God when you see a good man who has good intentions who is a true stellar who is, whose heart is filled with sympathy and goodness then it is excellent it is the greatest miracle some people say what is the miracle of Rumi what was the miracle of Muhammad the miracle of Muhammad was his good temper that he had never thought of being um, of respecting himself more than other people so this wine we are going now to speak about the wine of Sheikh Mahmoud and the story how this beauty happened to come to Sheikh Mahmoud. Beauty, they, it is the symbol or representative or you could say the metaphor is that uh, she is in Persian literature they say a Christian girl or Christian boy. No, no difference. A symbol of beauty. The Christian boy is a symbol of beauty. Now, Sheikh Mahmoud is telling you the story of how it happened that he was uh, poor, he, was, he had lost everything, he was uh, in vain because of his uh, pride, because of hypocrisy, because of all vices and uh, evils. He, of course, when they say he, it means any anybody then in the one morning or one early in the morning he came to me as he came to Hafiz Zulf Aushufte wo khoykarde wo khandan lab mast he was when disheveled and hair its care her curls and her um, her her dress was open and uh, she was intoxicated and she was dancing she came to me and uh, she said oh my beloved oh my lover are you alright you see if such a such a wine is given to any person that suddenly that beauty, that, that source of all beauty comes to you in, in, in the form of some angel. Don't think of angels as having wings. It may be a human being. They come to you. Beauty comes to everybody. And at least once in his life shows himself. And this is me. Now look uh, what Sheikh Mahmoud says about this story. If everybody has the, uh, we, we are reading. First, I will read a part about wine, which is uh, page eight. Which is page eight. 
Sheikh Mahmoud here speaks of the wine whose, uh, his, he says, drink the wine whose, whose cup is the face of the beloved. When you look at someone, you are drinking wine. Sagatni humayyal hubbe rahatu muqlati wa ka'si muhayyan my cup was a face, a beautiful face. Men anel husne jallati was above beauty, even some station above beauty. So, bukhur may warahan khudraz sardi drink wine and don't be cold. It is better to be, it is better to be, to drink wine, even this uh, uh, wine of grapes. It's better than being cold and being unassociative and being um, having no emotions towards other, no sympathy. It is better to be intoxicated than being cold. So this wine was written in the cup of the whole world and every atom of the world is intoxicated and uh, he says that the, the, the the earth is intoxicated, the heaven is intoxicated, the angels are intoxicated, the stars are intoxicated, because they, that's why they are all going round. He sees, Sheikh Mahmoud sees a group of intoxicated people all through the world. That's, the sun is intoxicated, is, is turning round, and the moon is intoxicated every time, going up and down, bec becoming... Uh, waxing and waning um, and the spheres and the spheres uh, just uh, they are sargardan means they are upset and they don't know where to, what to do they are just turning round and round and round so he sees the whole world in a state of intoxication and he says that some people uh, he goes to the graves of people some people just, just get a, a draught of it, some a one cup of it. Some even don't get a cup of it. Some, from here I, I'm reading. The one from the scent, that's the last three lines, one from the scent of it, of its dregs, becomes a philosopher. A person who can just uh, get a scent of it not drinking it then he is a philosopher and there is a story a, a lovely story about a person who went to a tavern and he had only ten, ten pence he said okay take this ten pence and give me a bottle of that wine mm -hmm. the man said oh, what do you think about it how can I it is not possible he said okay see, give me half of half bottle he said no it is not possible he said okay give me just one cup give me just half a cup give me one draught of it he said no not on ten cent I cannot give you anything for ten pence he said can you just put a, a piece of cotton on the uh, on the opening of the bottle so that I could just get, take it to my nose and then get a scent of it, the perfume, the odor of it. 
And the man said, well, what is it? It is uh, no benefit. What can you do with it? He said, so far as I just get a sense of it, I know how to brawl and how to claim that I am intoxicated. <laughs> I am so-and-so. I will do this, I will do that. I can brawl and shout and uh, do all sorts of ill, to show ill temper to show that I am intoxicated. So there are people who just get a sense of it and then become philosophers say, we know everything. And then you see, they are intoxicated with their knowledge and they show that they know everything. There are some other people who just get the color of it, just to see the color of this wine. And then uh, they become a traditionalist. Tradition, the traditions of Muhammad, the sayings of Muhammad, they were people who could uh, repeat it for people, the sayings of Muhammad. So they, those who get the color only, then they would repeat, like a parrot, the traditions of Muhammad for you. And some, some from seeing the color of the pure wine, a traditionalist, a, sorry, a traditionist, one from half a draught becomes righteous. A person who can have half a draught, just one gulp, one sip, then he would be a righteous man. The one who gets more, one from quaffing a cupful of uh, a cupful becomes a lover. When you get a full cup of it, then you are a lover. Then yet another <coughs> there is another person who is the most wonderful, that he has swallowed, has devoured the whole cup and the whole vat and the whole tavern and the cupbearer and himself <laughs> all together with one swallow. And then he is still, his mouth is open, I want more and more. And he says, hail to such a person who is never quenched. We want, we need unquenchable thirst. This unquenchable thirst was in, when they asked, Shams Tabrizi asked Rumi um, whether uh, Muhammad was higher or Bayazid. Rumi said, okay, it is quite clear. Bayazid is the follower of Muhammad, a disciple of Muhammad. How do you ask me? He said, then how was it that Muhammad said, I do not know. I cannot even praise my Lord. But Bayazid says, well, I am uh, the God himself. I am the truth itself. And al So, how was Muhammad was higher? He said because Bayazid had the capacity, Bayazid's capacity was limited. So taking a cup, he started claiming that I am going, I am God. And but Muhammad was the one who was who had eaten all, drunk all, and he was still saying that I need more. Still I have not known you. Please give me more knowledge about yourself. So we can go to the last section 
page 12. I read the story now from here that Sheikh Mahmoud is explaining how um, this Bhutetar Sabache means the idol of the, the Christian, the Christian boy. In Hafiz, you, you read Christian boy. I was in London, uh, sorry, in Paris once. Uh, they were discussing whether they should translate it uh, feminine or la petite, la petite fille or la petite garçon. Agar on Turkish Shirazi Bedastara Dilemara, they were they were wondering how to translate it, whether it was a little girl or it was a little boy. I I think that uh, they have not even got the basic ideas of Persian literature. That Persian literature is not a shop, a coffee. I mean, a supermarket. That whatever is written on it, this is. Rice. This is, uh, and when you want to uh, to get oil, this is oil. When they say oil, it means a hundred other things. Not a single word in Hafez means what you what people think. So, idols and young Christians are the light made manifest. It is the light. Which is quite clear, manifest. که از روی بوتان دارد مظاهر. اون بوتبچ. Everywhere you see a beauty, then that is بوتترسوبچه. Wherever your heart is won, when somebody wins your heart, there is only one winner of the heart, and that is بوتترسوبچه, uh, the symbol of God. That so. Rumi and Sheikh Mahmoud, they all have said that when you fall in love with someone, that we love it, maybe beautiful, but delbari means winning the heart is the work of uh, the one who is behind her. Because after a time, you change, you see that it changes and uh, no longer wins your heart. So winning the heart is the job of the creator and he has won the heart of all creation. It leaves captive all hearts. It is now the minstrel, now the cupbearer. Sometimes they say the motreb. Motreb won my heart. Motreb made me intoxicated. Motreb came to my heart. Motreb or uh, or sometimes cupbearer saqi. Uh, this is this means all the muses. When the muse comes to you, it is uh, actually the scent of an angel to your heart. What a minstrel is he, who by one sweet melody bends up the garner of a hundred devotees. You see, there are people who are proud of their knowledge who are just deceiving people to rob them who are doing all sorts of things and they think that they are religious people but they are not that's Bhutetarsobache means the Christian when she comes then she shows him where you are she shows him 
he changes a hundred ascetic. Ascetic means not a, a, a true ascetic, but a pe person who is hypocrite and he is abstaining from certain things that I am a righteous man and I don't do this, I don't drink wine, I don't so and so. So if the Bhutetar Sabachi's beauty comes to his heart or the minstrel sings, there have been many minstrels who sang a song and everybody was shedding tears because um, it uh, reconciles between themselves and themselves. <coughs> what a copper is he who by a single cup makes drunk drunken two hundred men of uh, three score and ten. It all means that beauty, whether it is in form of music, whether it is in the form of uh, other harmonies, painting, or even a, a Grecian urn. There is a poem by John Kiss, Ode to a Grecian Urn, uh, just uh, uh, a beautiful piece of art, a beautiful piece of art. It is said that in, in Cairo, in Egypt, Ibn al-Fariz al-Misri, he happened to pass by a shop and he saw a very beautiful vessel, a very beautiful vessel which was used for fire or uh, for uh, other uses or for just beauty. And he was so intoxicated that he started dancing and turning around and singing and people said, what has happened? He, he didn't say anything about that. And the whole city was brought to dance and then he explained that, look at this. Mm -hmm. This is a piece, a thing of beauty is the joy forever. If the artist can leave his heart in a thing of beauty, a thing of beauty is a living thing. It never loses its attraction. So, it is very important to be in the company of beautiful <coughs> things. That is why people just pay so much money for beauty. But since they are negligent that this is a middle stage and they have to put their foot on this beauty and go up to final beauty to absolute beauty. Oscar Wilde says people are three, three categories. One category see ugly things in beautiful things. They are corrupted. The second group see beautiful things in beautiful things. Beautiful ideas in beautiful things. They are pardoned and they can get somewhere. But the elites, the perfect ones, are those who see beauty in beautiful. So when you look at a beautiful thing and you see the beauty, not the beautiful thing, so that is why you don't want to possess it. Some people, when they look at some beautiful thing, whether a man or a woman or a thing or a carpet, they just want to possess it. While a person of art, a man of art, would not think about possessing things, but thinks about the beauty. 
He sees beauty and goes away. He gets the message of beauty. The message of beauty that I am here. Don't lose hope. I am joy. I, I am witnessing that the whole world is okay. So don't worry about anything. A piece of good music says the same thing. There is a message in beauty. The message in beauty is that don't worry about anything. Because you can at any moment take refuge to a realm which is beyond time. Because beautiful thing is in the time. But beauty is outside the time. It is immortal. So, I will read through it. And one other thing that Sheikh Mahmoud emphasizes that beauty is not alone. It is always with a charm or malahat. We say saltiness, pepper and salt. You see, it means that besides beauty, she has a certain attraction and charm, uh, and that attraction is the sublime in art. Sometimes you see a piece of art and it's, your soul is not elevated to heaven. But when it is elevated, it has the divine charm. Charm is something higher than beauty. Even beauty can sometimes be described that this is because it is curved, the curve is correct, the, the proportions are correct. You can explain beauty, but you cannot explain how it is charming. She's a charming boy, a charming child. Charmingness is a divine thing, and it is beyond all time and temp and uh, place. So this beautiful Christian came to Sheikh Mahmoud, and Sheikh Mahmoud says, by pride and vanity and self-conceit and illusion, that fair idol entered my door at early morning. They say idol or so, idol worshipper means a person who is the worshipper of beauty in Persian literature. Man bot parastam, bot parast means the person who worships beauty in the temple of the world. And wakened me from the sleep of negligence. This is what beauty do, does. All of a sudden, uh, Shelley also says that um, suddenly she appeared to me. I was searching for it. You have to look for beauty. I was searching for it, but she came to me. And when she came to me, I decided that I vowed, I vowed and I decided firmly that I would do my duty, I would be um, sympathetic, I would, be, I would follow all the uh, virtues of the world. I would not go 
I would not lose any one of them. Edgar Allan Poe, it is said that once, maybe in Shiraz in Iran, or maybe some other place, she saw a lady in white dress with two eyes, wonderful eyes, black eyes. And then she was, he was looking at the lady when suddenly the lady disappeared. Everything disappeared, and the garden he was he had seen was disappeared. But the two eyes remained. The two eyes remained, and he says that all through my life, later on, I looked at those two eyes, and it was the light of my way. I wouldn't go this way. I would go this way. That the, the beauty is to be always as your imam is in front of you and look at it and be and say to yourself be as good as this idol I have some um, myself I have a collection of uh, Barbie and they say well, how is it that you have Barbie <laughs> you, are, you keep so many Barbies because they are beautiful <laughs> and beauty added by innocence you see, they make the face in such a way that you don't, you don't want to change it, so it's beautiful. And they, you look at the, the face and say, he, she cannot do anything wrong. She cannot say a lie. These lips have not said a lie. These lips have not belittled any person. Because lips are very expressive. All painters know that it is very difficult to write a correct good and chaste lips. Uh, it is said that in, uh, in the exhibitions of artists there is always heard that there is something wrong with the mouse. There is something wrong with the mouse. Mouse is very expressive. It is very difficult to, to draw an innocent lip like Leonardo da Vinci. That is why that perfect piece of beauty uh, the jocund the, the smile the jocund smile it is because it is innocent and he, you, you see that this lady had not done anything wrong and cannot do anything wrong it is it has the message of perfection so he came to Shelley as well to, to many reports have been given in literature for this uh, for this auspicious happening blessed are those who see beauty even once in their life because that that one single look will lead you all through your life and that is the cup of uh, that wine and that is a state of mind which is a and state of mind which is extended and covers all. You heard that the one who drinks everything, this is the one who comes to uh, an extended consciousness. He comes to incandescence and shining. You see, this is love. It is giving all the time. It is giving like a sun. Everything goes out. And this is a selfish, this is self. It's a beggar and is calling it, give it to me. 
all he wants all things to be towards him while this is incandescent this is generosity this is love this is giving you always want to give something because you are fortunate you are wealthy when you are wealthy you can expand and when you are not people who have millions and billions of dollars and they cannot expand it means they are beggars they are beggars they are poor in fact our our real wealth is our love for beauty truth and the good by his face the secret chamber of my soul was illumined thereby i saw what i myself really am when you see beauty you find yourself oh maybe i this is me i should be like this because how is it that i have turned my face so ugly but why i am this it reminds you of your own virtues you have the picture of the beauty in your heart and when you see it you know it you recognize it how oh, this is me it is the picture of dorian gray dorian was doing uh, improper deeds and uh, trampling everything good under his feet of selfishness but his face didn't show but the picture would change into ugliness and uh, disharmony in the course of time so if you have made your face ugly just look at some beautiful thing at some level you can repent at some levels you don't like anything to look at a beautiful thing you can't even listen to good music bad people are deprived of listening to music because the the, the music every moment tells them how ugly you are how bad you are and that's why they don't enjoy it good uh, sadi says uh, a bad person should not look at beautiful things a very bad person because he will uh, he will not get any message from it when i cast a look at his at his fair face i heaved a sigh ah i was like this and i have ruined myself i have ruined my uh, my beauty while i could be like that from my soul because soul is beautiful it is so beautiful that reason is god of the soul you see this reason is god of the soul to keep it as beautiful as it is to keep it the temple they sh- you should not drive the soul out of the temple of beauty otherwise it would be corrupted i heave the sigh of wonder from my soul he said to me oh far <coughs> farsi and oh deceptor and hypocrite the life has been spent thy life had been spent in seeking names and fames you are always going after fame and name you are not going after beauty you are going after wealth you see uh, if you uh, many people ride 
the bus of beauty, the bus of good, the bus of uh, truth, and it goes to the happy land, the merry land. But on the way, they just get off in, in Fameshire and in Wellshire, they get off the bus. They are in the bus. This bus is going to take you to Joyland, to Maryland. But on the way, somebody says, okay, get off here. This is Fame, Fame Abad. This is Fameshire. This is uh, Wellshire. This is Ambitionshire. This is, and so they get off and they don't go. Few people go to that Joyland. Beauty, truth, and good are three buses. They take you to the land of happiness. Otherwise, there is no happiness beside this. Um, people, uh, they are, this is an illusion. This is a wrong idea that we can enjoy the life by doing some unenjoyable things, by doing some harsh things, by doing some, by, by showing mercilessness, by showing, uh, by deceiving people. You can never have good things. So, don't get off any at any stage. Thy life has been spent in seeking name and fame. Behold this knowledge, devotion, self-seeking and illusion. From what have they kept thee back, O laggard? So, this is reproach of beauty. When beauty comes, reproaches you blames you that what have you been doing all this time just wake up the last uh, this is what Hafez says yani, towards the end even it's the, the last part of your life just achieve going to the beloved and to that drunkenness to that wine And then finally he says that I, he filled my cup, beauty, filled my cup and said, you can drink this wine which has no color, no taste. And from that draft fire was kindled within me. Now with this wine, tasteless and odorless, wash from thee the writing on the tablet of being. When I had drained that pure draught to the last drop, I fell beside myself on the bare dust. You can look at uh, Bernini has made um, a very beautiful piece of sculpture for Saint Teresa. Saint Teresa, you can just uh, find it in TV. Uh, in uh, intervent, internet, Saint Teresa, you see, fallen on the earth, full of joy, intoxicated, and he has he has succeeded. I mean, Bernini has succeeded to show that that drunkenness, that feeling of joy, that illumination, and that selflessness in in his uh, sculpture. It's most beautiful. So he says that sometimes like this, like his eyes, I am joyful, and sometimes like his curls, I am fluttering, um, and sometimes by force of nature I am lying on ashes, 
and sometimes at a look from him I am in the rose garden the moment he looks at me or the moment I remember him then I am in the garden then this is the garden of mysteries Golshan Raz because when you are drunk and you um, look at the face of the beloved then you are in the garden of Sheikh Mahmoud otherwise by, by it is good to read Lahiji and commentaries but you have to follow the way up to the state of state of joy and happiness thank you I'd like to thank Dr. Gomshe for this beautiful exposition of the Garden of Mystery. You know, it's the highest level of, of Persian literature to be able to expound this sort of symbol, symbolic uh, literature, symbolic poetry in particular, and he's inimitable in his exposition, so we're very grateful to him. Now, the question, any questions you have, you're welcome to ask. Don't ask about life on Mars. Don't ask about the Loch Ness Monster. Don't ask about the Abominable Snowman. But you can ask him about love and beauty, which, of course, is God. So, please, the floor is open. Yes? Yeah, um, if, um, if we accept that um, man is created uh, in the image of God, there's a spark of God in each person. And um, I'm struggling to understand this. If Saudi says um, a bad person shouldn't look at, look at beauty, um, how come, how, 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 do you, how, how is your take on that, please? If, if Saudi says that a bad person shouldn't look on beauty, yes. what yes. does that mean? Uh, we are all created in, in a divine image. What, what does that mean? Can you expound that a bit better? Well, yes. Actually, Saadi says, Shahid Aeenast means a beautiful face or a beautiful girl is like a mirror. So if you are not, if you are ugly and you don't have um, a lovely face, then don't look at the mirror because you will see yourself. Of course, Sadi is not seriously saying that you shouldn't look at the beauty because you are not deserved still to look at the beauty. Make yourself more beautiful and then look at the beauties. If you want to look at beauty, you would otherwise you would corrupt it, corrupt it, you would ruin it because you will see your own face in it and then your own face is not lovely, is not uh, harmonious. So it is better that you don't look at it. But Sadi doesn't want to give uh, a commandment to that you should that bad people should not look at beauty. He wants to say that beauty is a mirror. It will show you to yourself. Beware and be um, be. You should be aware of this and you should be, you should think about this, that when you look at uh, the mirror, it will show you. So if it is not harmonious, you will be hurt. So don't look. 
but it doesn't mean that you don't look. Yes, he was he's just saying some facts that this mirror, if you look and you are in harm in, in harmonious, ugly, <coughs> then it will hurt you. Sometimes there is actually this is what Catherine Rain has said that <coughs> once um, a man who had done all sorts of deceptions and and uh, transgressions and uh, atrocities and cruelties and oppressions he had done all that he came home and somebody uh, he had a musician he had a, a great palace and he had a musician was playing piano he was playing some parts from Beethoven uh, suddenly he got angry and said stop it stop this damn thing why he said that? It is because he was, he was looking at his own face. And sometimes it is too late to make it, uh, to make it up again. So it is recommended that uh, think of the time when you look at the beautiful thing and you see your own face. Yes. What is the heart? do with beauty? What does the heart do with beauty? Well, actually <clears throat> heart is the soul of man. Heart is, is love actually. And the relation is that love is in love with beauty. Love is uh, desiring beauty and uh, you see that the whole world now in the world you see that everybody is looking after beauty and all propaganda and advertisements and all things about that. <laughs> if you do this, you will be more beautiful. They do, do this and you will be more beautiful. Beauty uh, creams and beauty so and so and beauty, certain uh, your proportions should be like that. So everybody is uh, for beauty. So in our heart is in love with beauty. Yes. Subject of love, there seemed to be great emphasis in the imagery on men and women and love between men and women, rather than it being more universal. I wonder whether you have anything to say on that. The the imagery of the poetry you're talking about is basically about romantic, profane love between love between men and women. Yeah. What about universal cosmic love, which divine love, so to speak, which transcends that? Of course, divine love <coughs> is the end of a starting love. God gives you a beloved so that you experience love with her or him, and then after a time you, you separate, but you get the love. You see, by love-making, you get the love, you experience love for your, for your own heart, and then you can make love after that, even without that beloved. So <clears throat> the cosmic love is not separated from the, your love with uh, a beautiful woman or a beautiful man. It is not in contrast with it, because at the same time, when you are loving your beloved, you are loving your creator, you are loving the whole world, you are loving your country, you are loving 
because and that's it, if if that love is true love then it is not separated from all other loves you know that poem by um, cavalier poet that says oh my beloved if I am leaving you and going to the field battlefield don't think that I am not faithful to you if I don't go there and I defend my country I would not be deserved to come to you so a true lover knows about all different manifestations of love and he has to observe all the levels and to respect love at all uh, manifestations and emanations. So a person says, I love this girl, but I tell lies to get her and I uh, kick this one to go away and kick that one. He is not a lover. A lover is a person who is loved with the cosmic, he has a cosmic love. In fact, a true love is always a cosmic love. Because when you get that cosmic love, then you don't tell a lie, you, don't, you are sympathetic with all other people, and you, you with your beloved together go and find uh, in the darkness of the poor suffering of people, you go them there and love them. You can find love everywhere. So it's good to be in love at any rate because love is always cosmic, true love. And that love which is like this, it is not love. Love is this. Because <clears throat> so you, you give to everybody. We have time for one more question. Yeah. Would you say that God is the only perfect love, lover, and that's why he's taken so long bringing his universe to a conclusion? Only now does he see that we're able to know the truth, we're ready to know the truth within himself. Um, God is the only true lover. Yes. Uh, what would you have to say about that? In fact, in, in Persian literature, they believe that the whole creation is a sort of lovemaking of God with himself. That is the extension, the love of Leili and Majnun and Romeo and Juliet is an, ex, as an, ex, uh, an extension of the love of God. It is not different. God is making love with himself all the time and the whole creation is the circle of lovemaking. So we are associating, we are doing the same. We are actually extending God's love in multiplicity, bringing that one love which was one with the beloved and love. But now this is Leili and Majnun and uh, Romeo and Juliet and thousands of other lovers. So <clears throat> we are doing the same. Even Shelley says that if everybody in this world is in love, how is it that we are not in love? Everybody is hugging, the, the sky is hugging the earth, the wind is hugging the trees, everybody is hugging somebody. So we have to hug each other and so to be in harmony with the world. This is the world of love making. If you do any job, except lovemaking, you are wasting your time. If, if they ask you, yes, the main job is to make love, but to make love with beauty, 
all the time. A good manager, it is most beautiful to manage a company in a beautiful way that all are satisfied, everything is okay, and there is no wastage, and uh, everything is organized. So this is lovemaking. Lovemaking is not only sexual. Sex is one very important expression, but it is not all. Of course, in that same uh, Bernini I said about St. Teresa, you will see the illumination and the intoxication of St. Teresa, but at the same time you will see that she had been, she had been loving with Apollo, she had been loving with Cupid, because there is a Cupid there also with, with uh, arrows. So, finally it comes to sex because it is, this is the representation, the highest representation of this hugging, because here you lose yourself in the bosom of the other person. And when kissing, why is it so important? Because it opens the gates of the other soul to you. When you are kissing someone, you enter his country. Otherwise, you do not enter each other's country. We have, to, if you want to be one, we have to enter our, the other's territory. So the whole world is lovemaking and we have to do lovemaking. Otherwise, that is what Sadi says, Hafez says, This is the only job you have to do. If you don't do that, then you are losing your time. God has made our love as perfect as his love, yet has He's still working on the job. <laughs> he says, uh, uh, God has not made our love as perfect as his love. He's still working God, God, God's, God has not made our love as perfect as his love. Yes. Well, we do not know still the meaning of perfection. Maybe this is the perfection that love has a variety of levels and a variety infinite forms of expression and uh, we cannot judge yet that whether some love is in a proper place or not. But we have to avoid anything we feel it is not in harmony with love. But whatever happens in the world, whatever happens in the world is in harmony not understood. It is still harmony and not understood. <laughs> Thank you. I think um, because our time is limited here, if you have any further questions, please speak to him. We will try to bring him back next year just to speak about love and beauty um, and, uh, in, in Persian literature. Thank you very much, Dr. Gunnar.